0: So welcome to the COVID Convos, uh, where we're having real conversations with real people exploring what well-being looks like in a pandemic. Uh, and today I have my co-hosts with me, Simon and Grigzi. want to say hi, boys?
1: Hey, everybody. Hi hey, everybody. Hope you're well.
0: And we also get a special guest on with us today, uh, Megan. Uh, Megan, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you?
2: Sure. (laughs) Um, Firstly, thanks for having me, guys. It's actually so good to see your three faces right now. Um, Yeah, so my name's Megan. I studied the Masters of Applied Positive Psychology with these three hosts. Um, And I'm also a leader at a... An alternative school in Melbourne at the moment. Um, so we have over 300 students that we cater education to, um, and all of these students have experienced some sort of disadvantage and have not had success in mainstream schools, and that's why they come to our school. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: Interesting. All right. So, you know, start off me again. How is, how have you, what did your world look like with COVID 19 going on?
2: What's been going on for you? Sure, so as I'm sure a lot of listeners know, um, currently the Australian Government has not closed schools and has done quite the opposite and wants business as usual. Um, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks in the lead up to this week I guess, um, but this past week I have worked longer hours than I ever have in my whole entire life. Um, we decided to transform our school to be ready for online learning so we had classes on Monday. We had all of our young people welcome on site on Monday. Barely any staff turned up. Um, yeah, we had. Yeah, so we ran the school like normal Monday. Um, we came together Monday afternoon and we decided we needed to be ready for online learning Tuesday. <laughs> so we transformed to an online platform overnight um, and we decided that we knew our families would be suffering uh, not having access to basic needs right now. And we started a food drive and a donation hub and that all opened on Tuesday. So we've been kind of working two roles now. It feels like we're running a donation drive and we're doing online learning. So it's been crazy.
1: (laughs) Megan, what sort of uh, infrastructure did you guys have set up prior to uh, Tuesday with regards to the online learning?
2: Great question absolutely none at all <laughs> um, <laughs> so as you might imagine um, given the cohort of students that we do have um, a lot of them don't even have internet at home a lot don't have phones or they may have one phone for the family household so we actually on tuesday um, all the leadership team sat down together with a, the whole list of all the young people who attend our school And we went through each one and flagged who has a phone, who has a computer, like what do we know about them currently. And part of the food drive and the education packs we're sending out is also sending out laptops and phones and dongles if we can. Um, So, and then it's choosing platforms that we know our young people will access. So, we don't really, we're not using the same channels that a lot of schools will be. And it's been a challenge, but we're doing one to one tutoring for each person, each young student, so they actually get. A one-to-one session twice a week with their teacher, and then we've created a timetable for this coming week where we're running like live sessions that they can log in and out of if they want to. So,
3: wow, that certainly sounds like a lot of work, Megan. Um, how are the how are the students responding? Are they are they getting on board? Are they finding it a bit of a transition? I assume going from um, classroom to to doing this stuff and logging on at home.
2: Yeah, interestingly, we were really concerned that they wouldn't engage. Uh, with the online part of it, because it's something that they are challenged with usually. But interestingly, we actually came together on Friday afternoon just to, you know, sort of debrief the week, see how everyone's going, and we did some shout outs for our young people to hear who's had a good week, what's happened for them. And so many of our students have done more learning this week than they have in previous weeks. It's almost like we've removed some of the distractions they usually face, um, some of the peer pressure they usually face in a classroom. And, yeah, it's been really, um, we got to celebrate that at least on Friday, which was great.
0: I I guess it's um, still early days in a way, but do you feel like you've, like, incidentally stumbled upon, like, the, you know, the new future (laughs) in teaching, um, uh, what's the word for them, Uh, disengaged kids?
2: It's a really interesting question, and we're we're curious to see whether the novelty will wear off, whether it's a novelty right now, um, and that's what they're liking about it. But it's been really interesting because I've even had some teachers feedback that they've got the time limit for their one-on-one session and they're having to cut the young person off and say, I've got another one to go, like I have to go. I've got you again tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like so they're really loving it right now, but we're just curious to see how the trend will shift over time.
0: I'm curious, um, you know, again, it's still early days, but we were talking to Ashley uh, for the Philippines yesterday um, and they've moved their classes online, obviously, Philippines is in a full lockdown at the moment, uh, and they're about four days into it. And she's starting to get the feeling of you know some of the things that online can't replace. Um, has there been anything from like your school and your teachers or your students that you know a kind of tapping into that? You know, what can we do online? What can't can't we do with it? Is there a difference?
2: Yeah, there's um like while well, there are some great stories from our first week of doing this, there's also been some really challenging stories. Um, And unfortunately, like the mental health of our young people is being very compromised already. Um, And unfortunately for our young people as well, they don't always live in safe situations. Um, So for us to sort of not be open for them to come every single day, that's really challenging for some of them right now. Um, So I think having the face-to-face connection can't be replaced. Um, And having that safe place to go outside of your own home, uh, for young people who are experiencing disadvantage, like you can't replace that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll throw a little bit of myself in there. As a kid, I grew up with a little bit of family violence and stuff like that. School was a bit of a sanctuary. It was a safe place. Um, and yeah, there's, you, can, you can do and say things there that you can't do and say at home. Um, so I completely get that. Uh, have you been able to – there's something else in this as well. I think something that we haven't talked about so much, you know, we've been focused on where is the opportunity? So having more time at home means more time with the family. Uh, But what happens if the family environment's not that great? Um, And that's a a thing that's happening alongside all of the positive stuff. Uh, We need to hold that. So, you know, your school having more experience with that than most, how are you holding that?
2: It's a really great question and it's something I think that's evolving with each day, um, that we're really having to evaluate with each day. Um, For each young person who we've deemed more at risk than others, um, we've created like a wraparound for them. Um, So every single young person at our school has an allocated youth worker and an allocated teacher. Um, So during this period of time, the youth worker is calling every single one of their young people every single morning and doing a check-in. And they're getting their online learning and logging into our sessions that we're running. Um, But for anywhere flagged as high risk, I'm also calling. So um, they get a third call for the day just to see what's happening, if they're okay for the night, got everything they need. Um, And then the the team working with those young people have to feed back to leadership if they've got any concerns at all that they're holding for the day. Um, Currently, we're relying on the services that have already always been in place, but we're just concerned that those services may not be able to access homes and may not have as many staff um, as we move further into this COVID crisis as well. So that's something we're really, really worrying about, um, but doing whatever we can right now.
1: Again, I'm going to ask a question, but I'll give you a bit of context to it after I ask the question. Otherwise, I'll forget the question. The question regards to uh, or relates to uh, how you're feeling about the social context or the co- social contact that you're obviously getting in the process of working this this or well, having worked quite a big week. The reason I ask that question is because for me, I'm I'm in Belgium at the moment, and I don't think we've really mentioned it for a couple of days but I've been in lockdown for, this is the eighth or ninth day that we're in lockdown. Uh, five of which have been with every shop except supermarkets and I think banks and pharmacies are the only ones open. So when I see people photos and messages from people in Australia about going to the pub and, and working and catching up, even just going to the workplace, it confuses me because I see the case numbers uh, in a similar spot to what they are in, in Belgium. So I just wonder whether there's a little bit of tension inside of you or, or, or whether that, that's just something you're not worried about.
2: Such a good question, Gregsy. Um, to be honest, there's two feelings for it. I think one is absolute huge anxiety around it. And especially being in leadership, I have, feel like I have this responsibility to the team Um, to hold their well-being as well as the young people's well-being and to really think about what's best. Um, We've had a lot of pressure from the government to remain open or to even reopen um, in the capacity we were before this this week that we've just experienced. Um, And the leadership team have really been struggling holding both both of that, like the staff well-being, um, knowing that our young people's well-being is enhanced when they have contact with us, but is their physical health being compromised? So it's been a really, it's really tested my leadership this week and I think I've had to try and be courageous with that and actually speak up and fight against it because just for Australia as a whole, I don't think we're doing the right thing having schools open. We know that we're trying to flatten the curve and yet we're allowing hundreds of people onto the one site every single day. Uh, That being said, We've supported our staff to work from home if they're showing any symptoms at all. So we've set everyone up to be able to do their lessons from home Um, and any youth workers can call their young people from home. Those that have been well enough are coming on site every single day to help with the food drive or to teach from their classroom. Um, So the second feeling I can say that I'm having is absolute, I don't know what the word is, but I'm savoring these social connections that I'm still having. Um, And I feel so much closer to the team than I ever have before. Um, They're just incredible people that are working so hard, um, knowing that they are compromising their own health by turning up every day. Um, Yeah, and I just have so much respect for how hard they've worked currently doing jobs that they didn't technically apply for. (laughs) So yeah, so I think a massive sense of gratitude to my team, but savouring that social connection, knowing that it could end really quickly.
0: I wanna, you know, segue here. But kind of related, uh, one of the things that I've been experiencing more and more is this question of uh, greeting, and how culturally greeting means so much um, to our social connections and our belonging, um, and how that's getting compromised nowadays. Like, you know, go out on the street, can't really shake people's hands, or I meet someone that I know, can't give them a hug. And it's just creating, you know, I find it interesting. Like, you've been working in the space that, has been so intense with people that, you know, again, are afraid of this thing that's going on. Um, has there been this distrust or suspicion is a lot of the stuff that I've been feeling. It's kind of like, I want to hug you, but I really can't. It just really gets in the way of people um, interacting well. Um, have you been feeling that? Like, what's, um, what's the space in between people? like?
2: It's really interesting. Um, We've been really serious about anyone with symptoms not turning up to work. Um, And we've been sending people home each day. Like I don't think there's been a day where we haven't sent someone home as well. So I don't know if it's like not trusting the others right now, but it's trying to protect what we're doing. Because we know if we get a confirmed case in our school community, staff or even a young person, we may not be able to do the food drive the way we're currently doing it. And it's so crucial that that food gets out to our families. So, it's been a really interesting time because a lot of staff want to be there and they want to work as hard as they can. Um, But if they even have just a sign of a symptom, we're sending them home. Um, The other interesting thing is, too, we're we're such a like our community usually is all about high fives and hugs um, and that kind of thing, too. And so, we've been doing staff shout outs standing far apart from each other. Um, We were high fiving with our feet. We, we did buy the um, staff some beers on Friday and we had them on the basketball court, so Yeah, we're trying to still um, connect but without touching without being too close um, And trying to trying to trust each other that people know they're feeling well enough But we also don't know enough about this virus to know if people are, are carrying it or not.
3: Yeah Yeah, Megan you or you haven't seen anyone walking around with a 1.5 meter long stick and telling people to get back um, that distance I've, I've heard I've heard stories. I don't know whether they're true, but... To be honest,
2: I about doing it. Yeah, yeah. Or being, or being a hula hoop. I think some of our teachers aren't that good at maths. Like, they're
3: really... <laughs> 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 Just have a, yeah, have a crack at 1.5 metres. Um, I was going to... I'm in, really interested in this food drive, you know. Like, I've got utmost respect for teachers. Um, I've got to say that because I'm married to one and my wife's one. But, um, you know, it's, but seriously, they do a massive job and... and work you know huge amounts put huge amounts of effort into their jobs any day of the week but on top of that you've got this whole um online learning thing you're trying to transition to and now you guys are doing this um food drive which just sounds like a whole nother um you know great thing on top of all that i'm I'm hoping that you've got some sort of um assistance with that any businesses coming on board to or, or people coming on board to donate food or to help with getting the food distributed or anything like that Or is it mainly an internal thing?
2: Uh, Great question, Simon. This has actually been something that's really propped me up through this time, um, is just seeing the absolute kindness and compassion shown to our community right now. Um, We've literally just blasted it online everywhere possible. And the community is the reason we've been able to do it so far. Um, So this week, just gone, we sent out 90 food packs. It should be enough food for a week for each of those families we sent it to um as well as like 300 education packs like we literally had our youth workers driving all over melbourne like our young people live all over melbourne and because we're quite city um, central our school um so young people can usually just catch the train to our school so they, they live in every region and we've had 10 buses driving all over melbourne delivering these food packs um we've just had so many people just walking in off the street just donating Um, which is just incredible. Like it's been overwhelmingly positive to see that. Um, I didn't go into the room where all the donations were just for a few hours because I I was just caught up and busy. And when I walked back in later that day, I almost started crying because it was just so overwhelming how much food was there. It's just so great.
3: Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it it's, it's remarkable how, um, you know, given, given these challenging times like this or other times, you know, it really, People want to do the best, I think, and, and help other people. And I also wonder, wonder whether it's got something to do, again, I think we might have talked about um, with a previous guest about that um, sort of sense of control that it might um, bring to people in, you know, in these crazy times where there's seemingly everything's out of control. That's something they can do. They can get some food out of the, out of the cupboard and go and donate it to someone and, and they feel like they're taking action and, and doing something for themselves and for other people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think people are trying to find purpose and trying to find meaning um, in this period of time. And I'm, yeah, I think that it is playing out probably with the staff that I'm working with, but also the community that are wrapping around us right now.
0: I'm kind of curious, Megan. Uh, you've got a pretty awesome brain. You know, going through this experience, and it's been an intense one, what's been coming up for you? Like, um, what kind of questions have you been exploring? Has it changed your understanding of anything Yeah,
2: it's a really interesting time for me. I think I'm aware that I've been distracting myself with this busyness. (laughs) Um, So I'm finding a lot of meaning and purpose in keeping the school going, in this donation drive, um, in working so hard. Like I'm very aware that that's um, been a gift um, to help me feel okay during this time. Um, But I am very aware that I'm a very social person um I my research topic for my capstone was all around belonging and connection and how that enhances better outcomes for young people who have experienced trauma so I'm really trying to shift my lens with that and think about um how in, how much like that's still the most important thing right now it's more important than ever but how do we do that when we only have online access to each other um when we designed all the education packs to actually like drive out to each young person's house um, even with that I just like I said to the staff before you make the pack. I want something personalized in there for every single young person I don't care what it is like, you know them I want you to put something in there that's just for them So they know that they are still connected to us and that we know who they are and that we've made this just for them Like I don't want to see just generic like you know workbooks going out mm. um, So a lot of stuff like sat in hand wrote like an affirmation or a letter to each young person So when they opened the pack they got got that straight away um, so I'm really trying to think about how do we keep connection going and how do we keep that sense of belonging going. Um and how do we get oxytocin without touching each other and <laughs> um yeah, just things like that are really coming up for me. And I'm I'm I know that I've been working and distracted and still socially connected. So I think if we were having this conversation in a couple of weeks, I might be talking about something completely different.
3: Well, that's that's I'm gonna take you up on that if that was an offer or not Megan but uh we'll slot you in again <laughs> in a couple of weeks time and check in and sure. and see how you're going and have another chat and, and, and you can give
0: us all your answers and all of this stuff that you
2: didn't
3: think of <laughs> yeah you've got two weeks to, to uh, <laughs> research it all and come up with the answers sure
2: i'll do that
1: <laughs> uh, megan i was going to say the um so a lot of um a lot of social media posts at the moment about um social Sorry, it's not social distancing; it's physical distancing. Um, so that's that's touching on, on I guess what you're you're speaking about there. It it's 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 everywhere. So it's you know that encouragement to try and stay in contact socially. Is there something we could dig any some way we could dig deeper on that? You know what I mean? Like I I don't actually know exactly what I'm looking for here, but I just see that being parroted around a lot, and I'm just wondering if we can between us and <laughs> we can dig deeper than just, you know, social distancing, not, yeah, social, um, do you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> yes, um, Grigsey, actually, I'm glad you raised this. This is something I spent the morning thinking about and I started writing about a little bit. Um, the importance of language, like we all know the importance of language in this group right here um, and how much that means for our well-being. And I was really, really conscious of the language being used currently around uh, social isolation. And I'm I'm adamant that I'm not going to speak in those terms, because currently I wouldn't say we're socially isolated, the four of us talking right now. So I think we've got to be really careful in what language we are using. And I'm going to call it physical distance. Like, I don't even want to use the word social in that context. Like, it's just a new way of socializing. But I think it's really dangerous to use the words isolation Um, or socially distancing. I think that that's really hard for mental health. And if people started Googling those terms, um, I think they'd find a completely different scenario to what we're actually trying to create. Mm. So currently that's what I'm thinking about is just, that's stage one, is just let's get the language right to support people's mental health. Um, I don't know if you guys have a stage two or a stage three, but it's something I'm gonna think about.
0: No, I think that's a great beginning. I mean, uh, I think I was, I saw very recently um we, we talked about it, Italy singing on the on their patios and their rooftops during their lockdown and how beautiful that was. But apparently the um the health department over there, you know, got back at them and was angry at them for doing that. they was like, that's not lockdown. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this idea of physical distancing versus social distancing, the language what's involved with in that, um, I think is such an important place to begin. And yeah, we don't have to have all the answers right now but you know one way forward is enough i know that this is sort of coming up to our 20 minutes and we're sort of running out of time at the moment just wondering me again is there any thing that we haven't talked about uh that's on your mind that you really want to say or want people to hear at this moment
2: not really i think i think just one thing to um help us all right now is to really just look for the kindness because it is happening It might be hard to find at times, especially when we're, we are, if we get, when we're in the stage of lockdown, it might be harder to find, but that's been something that's boosted me is, um, just seeing the kind acts that are happening and searching for them essentially. So I'll just say that that's like probably the best act for our well-being right now is to do kind acts, search for them because they are happening. And, um, yeah, if you walked into our food drive room, you know, partway through the week, I think you'd definitely get to. See the overwhelming kindness that
0: is happening in the Melbourne community right now. Um, oh, I want to see it. Take a photo, send it to us. That would be awesome. Um, I want to flag a kindness that's already happened right here uh, you showing up and having this conversation with us. So thanks so much for that. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. thanks, Megan. Great to see you. Great to see you guys. <laughs> Keep up good work. Um, so that's it for us today. Um, we'll sign off and hope that. You stay healthy, Will.